Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Father God, I thank you for each person here and everyone watching. We pray that you would be glorified in our lives. We pray for the work of your Spirit in us, a deep work, a fresh work, a renewal work. And uh, you know each one by name. You know exactly where we are. You know where we are on this journey. There's some of us that are struggling and by hurts and rejection, and some of us are, are maybe lost when it comes to the purpose of what God has for us and are confused, and, and, and so some of us are uh, desiring to see your will. Wherever we are, Father, we know that you have a word in season, and I just pray that you would have your way, that you would speak, that you would go beyond my words, and that you would speak to every heart. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you can do this. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe seated. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Great to have you here. Um, we are in the series of more, and what happened is last summer we were talking, and I, I was thinking about, okay, God, what do you, what do you want to do after COVID? Because sometimes it felt it would never stop, right? It felt like, okay, what's going to happen next? And and uh, during the summer, the thought of more was bubbling in my heart, where. We need to see more of God in our lives. There needs to be um, a, a move of God in us in a new way, in a fresh way, so that we can step in what God has in store. Because we know that God has a plan, and we know that God has placed us on this planet to live with purpose and to make a difference. As I'm seeing all these beautiful faces in front of me, I realize that all of you you were made with purpose and significance, and God wants to work in your life and through your life. And, and the thought of more, I think it's such an important thought that we want more of God, and, and we want to grow in the things of God, and, and we don't want to just be happy with the status quo. I'd like to, I'd like to talk about this morning is more of the full gospel. And just before that, just want to give you an illustration here. Um, a few years ago, I was talking with John Friesen. He's, he is our executive pastor, and he was born in, or ra and raised in Belize. And um, he was talking about uh, there was a um, Mayan tomb in the, in, in the backyard of his, of his father. And it was kind of a hill, and they knew that someone was buried there. And usually, when a Mayan was buried, he was buried with, uh, um, with some treasures or some uh, uh, like uh, relics and so on. And uh, so he was telling me about this time where he they were digging and to go to the tomb. And then I was captivated by the story. I was just looking forward to see what happened, right? Like I remember Indiana Jones, eh? I was raised when Indiana Jones was in the theater, and it was so amazing. And so I can see my, I can see John Friesen as Indiana Jones, and he's just digging. And, and then he stops the story, and I said, and? He said, oh, when it was time to go in the tomb, we, we stopped. Why? I said, well, we wanted to have respect for the tomb. Okay, I guess it's a good reason, right? But after that, I've been poking at him, what if? What if? What if there was something, right? And, and the thought is, it's, when it comes to God, what if God has more? 
What does God want to do more in our lives? What if God has more to reveal, more to show, more to uh, pour upon your life than you ever thought? And, and so we, we don't want just to go through the motion. We don't want just to beat at church. We want to do, we want to see a deeper work of God in our hearts. I, I was talking to my son before the service and, and uh, he was talking, we were talking about this message. And I was saying in Josue, like I probably preach more than a thousand times. That's a lot of times, right? And so, and I, I'm looking at my journey, and I'm looking at yours, and I, I'm looking at this. I'm saying, God, I, I don't want just to stop where I am. I want to experience more of you. I want to see you just rock our hearts, uh, rock our lives to the point where we are engaged in, in, not in a new journey, but in a revive journey. Amen? And so, so what I'd like to talk about today, it's... it's uh, more of the full gospel. And if you have your Bible, take a look at Matthew chapter 3. In the back here, it's from 13 to 17. I'm just going to focus on 16 for the sake of time and 17. It talks about Jesus' baptism. And it says in verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water at the moment heaven opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning on him. And sometimes we forget the lightning part, right? We only think he des- the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, but it's also lightning. I don't know if it was more lightning or more dove, but the dove talks about the peace, comforter that comes on you, and the lightning talks about power. And so you, you see even there, like I could see, again, me reading through the lines, you have the fruit and, and the gifts that are there. But here you see he, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove and lightning In verse 17, it says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. When we look at this story of Jesus' baptism, we see or we hear about the father. We hear the father's voice, right? That says, this is my beloved son. And he is giving approval to his son. He's saying, this is a son, my son, that is here. And so, so the voice of the father is being heard. And then we know that Jesus, the incarnation of God, is there physically in the water. And then you, hear, then you see the dove and, and the lightning that represents the Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus. Like we are a tr- Trinitarian church. We believe in the Godhead. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are one, but at the same time they're unique. And so when you look at this, this, um, this event in the life of Jesus, you see the Father, that the Father was there, and you see Jesus that was in the water being baptized by John, and then you also see and experience the Holy Spirit that comes upon Jesus in a form like a dove and like lightning. And and so it's important for us to see when we look at the full gospel, we find the Father, we find the Son, and we find the Holy Spirit. And so I'd like to unpack that. If you look at Matthew 28, it, it, it expresses that too, where it says in verse 19, Therefore go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. But when it comes to the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we see the implication of the Godhead and the salvation of humanity. And when we look at the gospel... 
we definitely see Jesus walking and doing ministry, but we're also seeing him be anointed by the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 4, it was the Holy Spirit that led them in the wilderness. And we can see that Jesus set the path or the example of us being filled with the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus was on earth, he was totally God and totally man. But at the same time, he showed us of how to rely and how to be under the authority and the leading of the Holy Spirit, right? So when we look in the gospel, we see Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we see him communicating with his father all the time. And when he chose his 12 disciples, it was after spending a whole night praying and talking to his father. We see him early in the morning. The disciples are looking for him. Where is Jesus? He's spending time with his father. In the garden of Gethsemane, we see him while the disciples are sleeping. He's spending time with his father. And he's saying, Father, is it possible for this cup, this cup to be removed? But not my will, but your will. So when we look... In the gospel, we see Jesus interacting or being filled with the Holy Spirit. We see Jesus in relationship with his father, doing what he saw his father do. And we see him knocking, not talking about himself, but talking about his father and the kingdom. And then when we look at the Holy Spirit that he's promised, he's not supposed to talk about him, but he's supposed to talk about Jesus. And you see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit function together in the gospel. So when I look at the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit working in, in, in the life of, uh, of the people where the goal of the Godhead is redemption and reconciliation, I'm thinking this is a full gospel. So the full gospel is the reality of the Father and the reality of the Son and also the reality of the Holy Spirit. I'd like to unpack that this morning. So the first, first thing we got to realize when it comes to the um, anointing, when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to Jesus, or when, when it comes to the Father, it's to realize that the full gospel focuses on the Father. And what do we know about the Father is we understand that the Father has a plan. And his plan is reconciliation. The goal of the Father is to have us sitting at the table. The heart of the Father is to gather. The heart of Father God is to gather. When the relationship was broken between man and God, his desire was to get back humanity and fellowship. So when we look and when we study the Father in the Bible, we see uh, a Father that wants us to be in relationship with Him to the point that His Son came and became the answer or the, uh, the, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so when we look at the Father, we see His desire for us to be with Him, His desire for us to be reconciled with Him. So, so, so when it comes to the Scripture, what do we discover of the Father? It's to have this master plan where me and you are, are coming or will come or will experience uh, Jesus as being the Messiah that died for our sins. So, so when we look at this, this picture of the father, we see a father that is like the prodigal son waiting for us to come home and his desire to love on us and, and put a ring to her finger and sandal to her feet and, 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 and a coat so that we could be uh, like to, we, we would be in. At the same time, it talks about purpose and it talks about mission. 
So when we look at the Father, we need to understand that there's a mission going on, right? Because the mission of the Father, it's to gather, so the mission of the Father is still going on. And God has planted you in places uniquely so that you can be a fisher of men. So that through you, the gospel would be preached. And what is the good news? Is that God so loved the world, right? And so, so when it comes to the gospel, we need to understand the love of the Father. We need to understand that there's a desire of the Father to flow through me and you and to bring peace and joy because that's the good news of God in someone's life. So, so that's the first part or when it comes to the Godhead, the Father, uh, when it comes to the full gospel of the fathers. The, the second, when it comes to the, the full gospel, it focuses on Jesus. It focuses on the author and the perfecter of our faith. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, look what it says. So let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sometimes you say, what does that mean, scorning his shame? Is that he, dis, he was willingly, uh, he, dis, like he, he chose willingly to be laughed at and to be mocked. And he said, hey, I'm going don't, to, I don't care. I, I'm going I'm to give my life for them. And scorning his shame. And he sat down on the right hand of the tr- throne of God. So what, we, so what we know when it comes to the, 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 um, the full gospel is that Jesus came and laid his life down for us. What Jesus came to do, it was to set us free. Can you see that to your neighbor? Jesus came to set us free. Came to set us free. He brought us into relationship with the Father. On the cross, he took our sins. And that's the message of the gospel, right? The message of the gospel is that Jesus came and he took away our sins. And the cross symbolizes and refers to to freedom, freedom between me and you, me and him, and freedom between me and you, where our sins are forgiven, where we are met at the cross and we're being transformed. So the cross talks about inner transformation because we would not be able to to grow in the things of God without the cross, would you agree? So the cross is where we submit, we surrender, and this is where life comes. By the cross, when we die, he arises less of us, more of him. But the cross symbolizes a place of surrender and a place of death. And, and Jesus died to take away our sins, and he, and he carried our sin on himself so that we could be found righteous in the eyes of God, like we shared a few weeks ago, that it satisfied the holiness of God. But I need to understand that that's the message of the church. This is what we're called to speak out and we're called to speak of this amazing Jesus that laid his life down so that we can be reconciled with the Father right what an amazing message and that's the heart of the gospel so we want that in our lives we want to see that in our lives we want to see Jesus before us and we want to follow Jesus we want to follow his ways. We want to follow his word. We want to take a hold of, of what he says because when we look at a focus on Jesus, it means that he is the author and the perfecter of my faith. So meaning that as we follow Jesus and we get attached to his word, as we let his word penetrate our hearts, we become more and more like him. It's like what Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Pretty strong words, right? To be able to write that, write that down and it stands through history, 
Imitate me as I imitate Christ. This desire to be like Christ, right? This desire to be Christ-like. And that only happens by the transformation of his word. Where his word comes in as we let his word penetrate our hearts. It changes us and it fashions us. And so when we look at um, the full gospel, there's a need for us to understand that Jesus is central in that full gospel. As he died on the cross, and as he laid his life down for us, we are set free. And how do we stay free? As we walk according to his ways, as we walk through, by his word. So, so that we might be a reflection of him, like Paul was saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I, w- I could ask you, can you say to someone beside you, imitate me? Right? It's a, it's a little... It's, it's powerful when you think about it, right? Where Paul is able to say, imitate me. And how was he able to say that? Is because he was imitating Christ. And it's a journey. But there, there needs to be, in our journey, a time where we say, I want more, right? We live in a time where we can rely on all kind of stuff. Like, we, we look at our dependency on whatever, on, on booze, on on whatever, and, and we, we find our, our, our dependency on, on this and that, on leisure, on, on we, we, we live in a world of entertainment, and there's so much stress, and, and, and we don't know whether to throw ourselves, and, and then we look at the pursuit of things, and, and we look at our desire to be, uh, to, to be known and to be recognized by others, and, and, and when it comes to all this, sometimes we get caught up, and we forget that there should be a desire in our lives, to be more like Jesus. Can you tell your, na- your neighbor that you want to be more like him? Want to be more like him, right? Want to be more like Jesus. And so, so when it comes to more of the full gospel is, is we want to be caught up by the Father's love and, and we want to be caught up by Jesus that brings me freedom and, and following him that causes me to stay free. And, and, and the other point that is needed is to focus on the Holy Spirit. And where it comes to the full gospel, I can't just say, well, I've got Jesus in my life and, and the Holy Spirit is forgotten. And sometimes the Holy Spirit is considered the, the forgotten God where we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. And we forget about the person of the Holy Spirit. And it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power... And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the world. But you'll receive power. There's a need for us to receive power. When I look at at the Father's love, it changed everything. I'm going to move this once and for all. It changes everything. When we look at the Father's love, it changes everything. When we look at Jesus' sacrifice, it changed everything. Would you agree? But when it comes to the upper room... It changed everything. And sometimes we, we only look at the cross. Or sometimes we only look at the Father's love and we forget that the upper room as, is as life-transforming as what Jesus did. It's parallel. It's not one or the other. Actually, I'll show in a, in a moment how they're all connected. But there's, there's a need for us to realize that The Holy Spirit wants to be present in our lives. And so when I look at the upper room, it's essential in my life. I need to see it. The upper room changed everything. Think about the disciples in the upper room. They were 
They saw Jesus risen from the dead. They were asked to go to the upper room. And they're waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And suddenly, the 120, at one point, there was a rushing wind, like a rushing wind that came in. Tongues of fire settled on every head. They started to speak in other tongues. It was in the morning, people thought they were drunk. They went out, and the Peter that was afraid or, or that um, betrayed the Lord three times was now empowered and was able to speak before thousands and, and so many were baptized and so many was converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you look at the fruit of the upper room, it's life-changing, right? So, so when I look at the calling of the church, when I look at our calling, we need to realize that the full gospel involves the, the love of the Father, the sacrifice of Jesus, and the transformation of the cross, but also the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, enable, enabling us to be able to carry out the message of the gospel, that is Jesus, and to fulfill the plan that the Father has to gather and reconcile people to himself. So we want to see that in our lives. And when, when you look at the gospel, uh, in the book of Acts, it's pretty amazing, the stories, right? I don't know if you read the book of Acts, but it's pretty amazing how God worked, right? I, I look at the story of uh, uh, Peter and John when they went to the temple. They were going to church, let's say, and they stopped at Tim Horton to get a coffee. And they saw this guy that was broken, totally broken, and for him it was a, a physical thing. He was begging. And they looked at him and, and he said, hey, we don't have silver, we don't have any gold, but what we have, we'll give it to you. In the name of Jesus, raise up and walk. It changed the atmosphere of, of Tim Horton, let's say. The people that were having coffee and talking about whatever got, saw this guy that was a cripple now walking. It changed everything. And, and the rumors of Tim Horton went all over Winkler and Southern Manitoba. You see, the power of the Holy Spirit changes everything. And when we look at the effectiveness of the disciples to bring forth the, the, the message of the gospel, it was because of the, of the upper room and the move of the Holy Spirit. When, when, when I look at more, I think there, there needs to be more, right? I think there, there needs to be more of the calling of God upon our lives to go and love on people. I think there's, there needs to be more when it comes to inner transformation, where we live dependent on, on Jesus, where we're expecting experience transformation, and the people around me are seeing it. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to fulfill his calling. It's central. It's necessary. So we want that in our lives. We want to see that in our lives. I, I look at one of the stories that we find in the book of Acts. It's the story of Ananias in chapter 9. It's amazing. It's, it talks about the conversion of Paul. And it says in verse 10, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. Imagine if that would happen to you. Like, this is a biblical story of the supernatural activity of the Holy Spirit revealing something that he did not know. And he answered, the Lord told him, go to the house of Judah on the straight, straight street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. Like, God, the Holy Spirit, revealed to him the house of the person to go, and even the street, and also meet a man that he didn't want to meet. 
because Saul was a persecutor of the church. And then he has this discussion with Saul saying, hey, uh, a discussion with God. Well, you know that he's a persecutor of the church. Uh, maybe you don't have a good idea. Maybe it's not a good idea, God. And God says, no, go ahead. And he goes. And at the same time, in verse 12, in a vision, Paul has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hand on him and restore his sight. The story goes, when he was hit by the light, he became blind. When he heard Jesus say, why do you persecute me? He lost his sight. So he was blind, waiting for something to happen. And then you have Ananias that is led by the Spirit to go to a specific place. And at the same time, uh, Paul has this vision of this guy. And he also has his name, Ananias, will come and lay hands on him. And he would be healed. What a crazy story. Slash, what an amazing story, right? So we read through this and we say, oh, this is so cool. But did you know that's this for today? There's no place in the Bible where it said it stopped. And, and, and this is where we, we, we need more. We need more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And you, you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. It says, follow the way of love. Always follow the will of love. That's the motive. And look what it says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. You eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. What happened in, this, in the life of, of Ananias and Paul is God revealing a truth, revealing a, a message, and it's, it's a prophetic word that did not come from one of them. It came directly by a download of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit gave uh, something that they did not know, and, and, and they were able to operate and stand on this and make a difference in someone else's life. So this is why it says in verse 1, follow the, the way of love, eagerly desire spiritual gift, especially the gift of prophecy. For, the, for anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to man, but to God. Uh, other, ver other verses will say he, it, he edifies himself. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. In verse 3 it says, but everyone who prophesies, prophesies sorry, speaks to man for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So, so when we look at this, we say, God, you want us to eagerly desire spiritual gifts? Why? It's because this is how we can make a difference. A supernatural difference. This is where we can see people be touched with the gospel. And so when it comes to the full gospel, I need to understand the full gospel involves the love of the Father. It talks about purpose. The mission. And so also when it comes to the full gospel, I need to have Jesus where Jesus is the one that brings freedom. Right? Brings freedom in our lives. And that's the message we're called to bring. It's the message of freedom, where Jesus is the bridge that deals with our sin and our, and our junk. And then you have the Holy Spirit, the one that empowers us to, to do his will, and the one that makes, us, it makes it possible for us to share the good news. And we had partnership class um, this week, and I was showing this diagram that I teach at every partnership class, uh, maybe if you've been a partner for a long time, you haven't seen it, but if you've been a partner in the last, I don't know, six years or so, I always give that diagram. And there's some people that were talking to me at the end and say, this is a, so cool. I would have liked to hear that earlier. So, so as I was preparing for this weekend, uh, about, um, I was going to talk about more of the Holy Spirit. And then I, 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 it, what came to my heart was to talk about more, uh, more of the full gospel. And uh, I'll make you this circle. 
as best as I can. For those that are up there, it might be hard to see. So it's right up there. There you go. You got the Father. You got the Holy Spirit. And then you have Jesus. So what we want to see is that we want to see the love of the Father. What we want to see is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And what we want to see is the freedom that Jesus brings. So so I don't know where you were raised up. I don't know which context or culture or traditions that you have. But in many cases, is that there was not the celebration of the three. It was one. If, let's say, you have an evangelical background, well, you heard about Jesus that died on Calvary, and you're called to follow him. And if, if you come from a more a mainline church, uh, you will see that there's lots of focus on social justice, where you got to dig wells, or you got to take care of the poor, you got to be there for the broken, and there's a lot of focus on social justice. And that expresses the love of the Father. It expresses the love of the Father because God has a heart for the broken. Because his desire is to reach humanity. That's the heart of Father, to the point that he gave his son, and his son obeyed. And so, so what happened is that as a church, um, we want to see, we want to grow in this more of the full gospel where we grow in love and care for the broken, but at the same time, we can't do it without Jesus because it becomes just a social program. And the people, they need to have bread and they need to be loved, but if the gospel is not being preached, they're not saved. So it's more than just showing love. And let's say you, 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 want to, um, you want to make a difference. Well, you can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. And let's say someone is filled with the Holy Spirit and there's a strong emphasis on the Holy Spirit. If there's not a focus on transformation to be like Jesus, he's not going to do too much. You won't have any credibility. But let's say you are a guy that knows about Jesus, gave your life to Jesus. You're not doing anything to reach a loss. Well, then you have a problem. But the problem is you cannot reach a loss without the power of the Holy Spirit. You see? So what we need is, we don't want to live here where we experience the Holy Spirit. We don't want only, we don't want to live here. We, uh, you know, it's only Jesus. I like to give the story in, in my partnership class of when I was younger, when we were younger, and my kids, uh, when we went camping, we were looking for a church, and we were looking for a church in the, in the boonies, and then we found this church, and we were all excited to go on a Sunday morning, and it was, there was a huge banner over the church, King James only. And I had an NIV. So what, what do I do? Well, did you know that these people that focus only on King James only, by the way, there's no King James in French, okay? So when you change language, King James doesn't exist, just by the way. And so, so what happened is that they, they wanted to be so, like, biblical that they isolated themselves. And the only people they reach was people that had a King James. But what about this guy that wants to go to church with his family and doesn't read the King James or wasn't raised in the English tradition? What happens to him, right? Or let's say you are a church that hangs out on chandeliers. And you have a great time of the Holy Spirit, but you're not being transformed by Jesus and you don't have a heart for the lost. It's imbalance. What happens if you, like I said, you're focusing on social justice, but you don't, you're not empowered by the Holy Spirit? You will experience a burnout because you'll do things on your own. You see? So you look at the three. We, we want to be here. You see? We want the fullness of the Spirit. We want to see the transformation and the freedom that Jesus brings. And we want to have the love of the Father. 
So that's the full gospel. And we want to see that in our lives. And I need to see that in my life. What, what I challenge you with this morning is, God, I want more. I want more. I need purpose. I need transformation. I need empowerment. I'm going to finish with this verse. In Luke chapter 11, verse 9. And it says, and, and, and Jesus is talking about prayer, but he's talking about surrender. And he says in verse 9, And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, uh, seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Then he says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, Will I give him a snake instead? Like, and I could see the people laughing. Ah, no. Verse 12. If they ask for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know, the, the whole thought here is asking, seeking, and desiring. Asking, seeking, and desiring. Asking and seeking and desiring, turning to God, wanting Him in your life, desiring Him in, in, in your life. And He says that if you do this, you will encounter Him. He says that He will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that there's a spiritual warfare going on? And this quote really got my attention in the last few weeks. I shared it to the elders, I've shared it to the staff. Spiritual warfare is not a fragment of the Christian life. It's the, whole of, it's the whole of the Christian experience. Meaning that there's a battle going on over our heads. It's to blindside us of experience the full gospel. The enemy doesn't want you to experience the full gospel. I, I was looking at this and I was saying, God, how do we implement this? And the first thing that, the, the first way I can implement it is it's to look at, is there something missing in my life? How's the love that I have in my heart for others? Do I need a baptism of love? How's my, my lifestyle? Is it honoring Christ? Do I need to experience the cross in a new way? How's my empowerment? Am I living on my own energy? Or am I filled with the Holy Spirit? And I think it's important for, look, for us to look at ourselves and say, definitely, Lord, there's place for more. There's, I need more of your love that... that compels me. I need more of your transformation so I can be more like Jesus where I'm not caught by the things of this world but free. And I need to have his empowerment so I can do his will so I can be effective for him. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.